This is a special edition of Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. Uh, we're going to talk about Yoga Gives Back. We're going to be speaking with the founder uh, and I believe the CEO as well, uh, Keoko Mitsuatsu. Did I get that halfway close? Yeah, almost Mitsumatsu. <laughs> Mitsumatsu. Uh, and we're going to talk about this. Now, your background, you're from Japan. You uh, you studied, you went to school there. You were a, a TV news producer there, yes. right? Yes. Right? How long did you do that? So I graduated actually from college in, actually I went to in Brazil too, but I graduated in Tokyo and I went to a public television, NHK, um, and became a producer director for current affair programs mainly. I worked there for seven years like a slave. <laughs> <laughs> Japan just passed, it was 1984 when I went enter the company, Japan still didn't pass equal opportunity law, gender, you know, women and men. So anyways, um, my salary was set lower than men's. Um, oh, that's ridiculous. It's amazing, isn't it? It's it is. in the 80s. Anyways, so I worked there for seven years. Then I got a job as, as a culture attache in London at the Embassy of Japan. So I worked there for two years. Then I moved to Los Angeles and I've been producing, directing, researching, coordinating documentaries again for NHK for 20, over 20 years. Well, if you ever need an English guy, you, you know where to come. Um, <laughs> an English speaking guy. I'm not from England. I'm from Los Angeles. You um, <clears throat> during your 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 work, you needed something, I guess, to relax you, and you you got into yoga. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your experience with yoga, and then we're going to talk about your foundation, Yoga Gives Back. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity, Mark. Um, yeah, so I was making a documentary in two thousand seven, uh, two thousand six, about fifteen years ago, about social entrepreneurship. And uh, Dr. Muhammad Yunus, you probably know, who received Nobel Peace Prize for his revolutionary microfinancing. Um, he received that uh, honor in 2006. So we are doing a documentary about microfinancing and social entrepreneurship. And back in Los Angeles, I was uh, just starting yoga practice. And I, I took different classes, Kundalini, Ashtanga and all sorts of classes. And really, when I stepped into Ashtanga class, which is if, if you have ever practiced, it's a very rigorous everyday practice. And uh, I was fortunate to bump into a teacher who really also wanted to teach that yoga is not just about physical practice. It is an ancient wisdom of a huge philosophical, spiritual tradition of thousands of years old. So I, am, I love physical exercise, but I really was drawn into this uh, spiritual side of the tradition. And uh, very soon, you know, like every day, so it was a great stress release. Um, and I was not shooting. Um, I, I started going every day and sweat a lot, started losing, losing weight and starting to feel great, right? And then spiritual side was very deep because I was 47 you know, I've done enough documentary producing for like almost 25 years by then. So, um, and I always loved the topics of um, current affairs and represent voice for the voiceless was my biggest goal always. Even though we dealt with 
projects of all sorts of stories, Helen Keller to global warming, to obesity in the US, all sorts of things. Anyways, um, I always had this very deep call to represent the voice for the voiceless. And that's why I went to public television anyway in the, in the first place. So long story short, spiritual journey with yoga started to really make it very clear to me that for the first part of yoga, my life, I should dedicate it to um, my life to practice, uh, to learn everything, experience everything. But the second part of my life should be dedicated to use what you've learned in the first part of life and give it to um, other people as a service. And I to learned give that back. to give yeah, back. Give back exactly, not to yourself, but to give back because you got so much resources within you as an experience already. So I was forty-seven. I and I learned that, and then also learned that from yoga, that yoga philosophy, that your body is a temple. You have to look after yourself as a temple, not just because you want to feel good and look good, but so that you have this temple to serve others who can use your service. So um, that also really hit me very hard. So I was ready to kind of shift my, you know, energy from, of course, I, I was making money and it was my, you know, sustainability to be a producer, but I started to put more effort. I wanted to do something back to give back. So I talked to my yoga teacher also like in 2007, 15 years ago, there were a lot of yoga classes and charity classes. Yoga community is a very giving uh, place. And there are a lot of charity classes always, and there were HIV support, um, breast cancer, animal rights. So I used to take these classes, but because I was making this documentary about microfinancing and I knew about the poverty issues in India, um, one day I realized maybe we should do something to give back to India. So I talked to my teacher and he agreed because he just came back from India. He saw the poverty, you know, firsthand and he said, let's do it. And I, we talked to yoga studio owner. That's the beginning. And I started talking about, how about, you know, thinking of bringing this microfinancing idea because microfinancing uh, community uh, platform is, you, you just need like $10 to, for, uh, to give to a you know, poor woman in developing countries like India, she can make, start a business with $10. It's un unthinkable in the US or you know, in developing countries, but that's how it is. And that's how Mohammed Yunus changed the, uh, millions of people's lives coming out of poverty. Why you've been talking, we've been uh, looking at some photos of, of women um, and, and uh, working and, and, and doing. You said something uh, about your own pay scale back in the 80s. Even today, in 2022, women are not quite paid as much as guys. Yeah. Get, get with it, uh, feds. Come on. Maybe. Yeah, but, but America is forefront. You know, Japan is still 116th out of 142 countries in terms of gender equality. And that's my background. So I always looked up for US as a, you know, like really strong feminist activist country. So like compared to like, if US still has a problem, you can think of Japan and India, right? Other countries still struggle. 
Right. And where does the U.S. rank in that? Do you know? About? I, I, I forgot. Maybe 10. It's not the top. It's not the top. Right. We still have a ways to go. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about the spirituality uh, aspect of yoga and how it, it, it changed your life. I mean, I'm looking at, at the signage behind you, and it says for the cost of one yoga class, you can make, you can change a life. Mm-hmm. Yoga changed your life. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, I know you said the second part of your life. You're still in your first part of your life. You got another, <laughs> another hundred years to go. <laughs> what can we do in the Western world to help the women in India through yoga gives back? And and what are the needs? Yes, good question. Thank you. First question about what you can do in the US or in the West. Um, So if you are benefiting from yoga practice, which can be meditation or just pranayama practice or physical practice, whatever, um, just honor that source, which is India. And um, if you're paying $15 a class or $20, just give that to us once or monthly. And uh, for example, if you give $25 for a year um, for one girl, this like young girl like this, right. she can continue. She can continue education instead of being forced to marry. Child marriage still is the highest in the world. 1.5 million girls are forced to marry every year. Oh. Yes. So that's the reality, right? So if you I mean, give- These girls in that photo look like they're eight, nine, 10 years old, 11. Yes, yes. They are at risk of being forced to get married as soon as possible, especially during the pandemic, parents lost their jobs or one parent died because of COVID. So they're in a very difficult situation. People don't talk about it anymore. Media forgets it, Uh, but uh, that's the reality. So first question is, what can we do? So donate or host a fundraiser if you're doing yoga class uh, as a student or teacher you can always just get together for one day and just let's let's give this class for india's women and children and you can raise a couple hundred dollars that goes a long way i mean i it's hard for us to believe that for ten dollars you could start a business yeah exactly right Mm -hmm. and 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 the education I mean, uh, I, I've worked with, with companies in India and the, the people are well-educated for the most part, mm-hmm. but India also had, and I don't know if it still does, a caste system. Mm-hmm. And this is where these young women, these girls are from. Yes. Yeah, so the caste system is prohibited by law, but. Right. In reality, if you, look at, if you go to India and see the matrimonial, like a marriage arrangement pages of the newspaper, they, you know, it, it's amazing. They list what caste the parent is looking for, for their daughter, for their son, what caste they come from. So they try to match the caste, right? And a lot of women and children we support are from lowest caste or, um, Sometimes it's called untouchables, lowest, you know, 
untouchable class. So they can never get to, you know, good jobs or good education. But of course, um, they have amazing resilience mm -hmm. and the same drive for life if they only have a chance. There is a documentary, um, a Fire for Writing, I think, um, which won the, uh, which was nominated for Oscars this year. It yeah. talks about journalists from Dalit, this untouchable class, amazing documentary. Breaking out, I mean, saying, having, having a parent say, you're going to be married, you're 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. I have a, a friend um, who at 14, um, was uh, told that she was going to marry, get married at 18. She was here in this country um, to a man who was 30 or 35 years old. I, the only word that comes to mind is icky. Um, these are the kinds of things that are going on and yoga gives back, helps prevent this? Yes, so like for example, in area called West Bengal, the state just south of uh, Bangladesh on the Bengali side. Uh, we work with NGO called, NGO is a non-governmental organization like nonprofit uh, called Nishta. Um, they have been working there for decades to empower women and girls. And we support 400, for example, young girls with five-year scholarship for higher education so that these girls can achieve college degrees. And we've seen this is changing their culture. They're like really culture, you know, this never happened in this community. Uh, the girls were forced to marry around the age of 15. And now they're going continuing to um, graduate with bachelor's degree and they're becoming nurses, they're becoming government officials, they're bringing money and dignity. And uh, when this happens, the entire um, gender, uh, this um, discrimination or prejudice starts to fall apart because they realize, men realize, wow, women have actually capacity to do well and help us, right? So that's the beginning of the change. And um, so I'm very, very inspired about this program. And also we give microfinancing, also education for these young girls. And we are starting also digital center as well as the PAD project for menstrual equity. So a lot of programs we are running there. And uh, it is very inspiring to see how small money that everybody gives can change so many lives. In 15 years now, we reach out to 2,400 lives. Wow. That's, I mean, that's amazing. I, and I was just thinking, you know, if you were to give up your coffee from Starbucks, mm -hmm. one day a week, yeah. roughly five bucks. Mm -hmm. One day a week, that's $20 a month. Think of how much help you can make in your life. And, and I've always found, and, and correct me if, if you don't agree or if you do, um, giving is so much more spiritual, if you will, than getting. Right. I, I totally agree. You know, 
everything to me has been an experiment. I didn't have this big vision of creating nonprofit or making huge impact. I, I just wanted to give back initially because I was so grateful for the practice of yoga and the benefit, but it's true. Once I started going to India and see, seeing the impact our, you know, we are not million dollar organization yet. We hope we want, we want to be there, but what our small donations can do to so many people's lives. And once you meet these children and women and young people, I always come back feeling their power of their eyes. When once you look at their eyes, the gratitude and the hope that they have with us is so strong. I, I'm, I'm always on the plane sitting, flying back to Los Angeles and think about St. Francis words, you know, in giving you receive. And it's really true. And I really want to share that feeling with everyone who joins our campaign. We are giving, but you know, monetarily we're giving, but what we receive because we, one of the most important thing for me is to share the transformation. That's why I continue to film lots of stories of lives we touch because you can really see what you have given has transformed so many lives. And when you see that you receive something very um, deep and uh, so meaningful that what you're doing is actually changing lives. And that somehow gives you more energy and inspiration. Well, it's, not only are you changing the lives of these girls and these women, but it would seem to me you're changing your own life. I mean, yeah. you, right? It's true. You're giving. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I completely changed my profession. I, when I started Yoga Gives Back 15 years ago, there was no budget. So I used my income as a producer for the first like eight years. And then I hit the point that this organization grew so much, I had to pay real attention. And I did, I had to dedicate myself to this organization because there is so much we can do. And it became much more important for me to do this work than producing a documentary. Documentary. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, it's changed my life and this is my life mission now. I love it. I think that's great, Kayoko. And um, we, we've had up throughout our conversation, uh, the Yoga Gives Back website. Visit it. Take a look at, at, at the, the pictures, the stories, and the, uh, the, the, there are videos, too, uh, on the site so that you can feel the change. Uh, We've done some programs in the past on sex trafficking. Is that common in India as well? Oh, yes. The area we serve in West Bengal is one of the highest in sex trafficking. So what's oh. happening, and during the pandemic, it has become much worse. And I've been hearing from our partners that these guys, traffickers are roaming around the village, even today, because the parents are desperate. They've lost so much money during the pandemic. They were poor to begin with, and they lost their savings and they're still struggling. And then these guys, traffickers come with a scheme, you know, like showing like, if you go to this state, we'll give you this much money, which is for the poor family, unheard of, like one year or two years worth of income. We'll give you this money. So go your, your mother and your daughter go to this state and work there. And that's 
very dangerous. And also they also arrange marriage, look like a marriage, but it's actually trafficking. And our girls that we support, uh, teenager girls, they are like leaders in this community now. So they have found, when they find these suspicious cases, they talk to the organizer, our organization partner or police, and they've stopped some trafficking cases. As they, uh, do the police respond I mean, yes. I'm thinking. I'm I'm thinking back in the '40s and the '50s here in this country. If a woman was sexually abused, the police would turn their backs. Yeah. Well, I don't know the ratio, but at least these girls have been empowered so much. If there is only one person talking about it, maybe police will ignore, but when there's a bunch of girls and women going to the office every day, things like that. When these things, activism take place as a group, there's a lot of pressure. And we've seen last couple of years, especially, they have been successful. Word popped into my head, apathy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that most people are apathetic in saying, well, that can't happen to me. It won't happen here. Why do I need to help those people in, in India, those girls in India? And I, I, I say girls because they're young women. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, just like every, anything else, you know, no ordinary Americans are bombarded with charity political campaign emails every day for donations, right? And, and also like good causes for charity water or whatever, environmental causes, lots of causes. <laughs> Ukraine, you know, refugees and Ukraine war. And uh, so you can choose, you, you, you can't do everything, right? You can't solve all the problems with only, <laughs> you only have so much. Um, so here's what I learned from Mother Teresa's uh, missionary of charities in Calcutta, I, which I visit every time I go there. Um, they told me, because I, I, told, I told the sisters there that I always want to come here and volunteer one day in the house of dying that uh, Mother Teresa started. And the sister who used to work with Mother Teresa told me very clearly, Kayoko, don't worry about it, don't come here. You've already have your mission. If everybody does their own mission in this world, this world will be a better place. And I was in tears. It's true. I cannot do yoga gifts back and also go to <laughs> Mother Teresa's house, right? I don't have enough time and enough energy. I should just focus on my mission. And I think if everybody finds their mission, his or her mission, and just do something for it, this world will be a better place. Don't underestimate your action and your impact. Um, so I can't bring everybody to our cause, but if you feel grateful for yoga, just but join it, us. Yeah, it's, but it, it shows that the power of one person, mm -hmm. you. Exactly. You Look, yeah, I'm a good example. I started from nothing. I didn't know anything about this. So I'm still learning about fundraising, which is a, another total, like different business, you know, altogether. But you meet with people with like-minded, um, you know, values. And I, my, one of the bonuses of Yoga Gives Back is I created this humongous community around the world in 30 countries who I've never met most of them. But if I meet, 
I feel like they're like my brothers and sisters because they come to us with selfless purpose of giving back. And also they feel very strongly that they have been blessed with the practice of yoga. We've, we've been watching some video. We've uh, seen some pictures as Kyoko has uh, been talking with us. What about your own family? I mean, they've got to be really proud. Children, brothers, uh, sisters, family. What do they think? Well, you wish you wish it's a rosy story altogether, right? Of yes. course, my husband can actually, he is my one of my heroes. He's been with me since the day one, up and down. He's the board of directors. And from Ken's and Ken, has side, been, Ken has been on late night help. That's right. So he's also cooked. We're gonna actually do a, a special in a few weeks with with you. Um uh, uh Kayoko is going to cook with me on Mark <laughs> Allen Cooks. And we will talk about yoga giving back during that show as well. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. I don't miss any opportunity. Well, you shouldn't. You should. Yeah. But your family, I mean, Ken, other family members, yeah. they've got to be proud of you. Yeah. So Ken's family in America is huge. You know, I, I've got two stepchildren, five step-grandchildren from aging one to 24. <laughs> and they are all so supportive of, of Yoga Gives Back. Um, and, but in Japan side, my parents unfortunately have both passed away. Um, my father, until he died, he was very um, proud and he came to one of our galas and he was, he didn't understand what was going on, but he, he knew something good is happening. So he was proud, but I don't think my brother and my sister-in-law understand why I do this, why I help people in India, like you talked about apathy. For them, it they don't practice yoga, so they don't understand. And I try to make it clear, but it didn't work. So I understand um, there are some barriers for some people who don't get it. If you never, if you never volunteered, if you, you know, in your life, you don't understand why you're doing things like this. <laughs> well, we here at uh, late, late Night Health are very uh, 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 happy to be able to promote uh, a yoga, give us back. Uh, anything that we can do, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, of uh, getting the word out, let us know. Will you come back? Will we do this again in a few months? And Oh, yes. I'll, I'll do any time. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, we will... Um, we will have this uh, 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 up uh, very soon. Let me rephrase that. Edit, Mark. <laughs> uh, uh, as you grow, we'd like to grow with you and we'll be one of your, uh, your media uh, supporters. Uh, again, uh, if you are interested in helping these women in India, the website is there. Look at the photos, read the stories, and take a look at, at the videos. We've just shown you just a, a smidgen uh, during our short conversation. Um, uh, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mark, for having us. Yoga gives back and me. Yeah, thank you. you uh, you've uh, certainly inspired me. Uh, I'm Mark Allen. This is Late Night Health.